Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to our number two of this Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. Whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're choosing to listen via the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com, we appreciate you tuning in on this Football Friday and uh, every day here on ESPN Tucson as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Glad to be with you. Looking forward to many great future days here with, uh, with you guys on the air and looking forward to tomorrow night as the Wildcats take on the Bruins at Arizona Stadium. Again, the whiteout kickoff is at 7.30. Be there, be loud, be proud. Cheer on your Wildcats, see if we can get a victory, get them off that losing streak that uh, seems to be ever looming with that gray, dark cloud hanging over their heads. But uh, we, will, uh, we will continue to uh, update you on anything that goes on. If we hear anything, any news or anything like that that comes about, we will, uh, we will obviously let you know. Let's do some NFL real quick here um, before I do my Friday Five. My Friday Five will be coming up in uh, in just a little bit. Make sure that uh, you tune in for that because, look, I've just been on fire lately. And by on fire, I mean one game above 500 every single week. That's good enough. <laughs> that's, good. that's good enough to be profitable, right? Uh, if you're playing uh, if you're playing some, some shekels here and there on uh, some of the things, you're going on FanDuel and uh, enjoying some of the uh, – uh, the freedoms that we now have to uh, do some sports gambling here in the state of Arizona. It's been a lot of fun. I have a lot of friends who are talking to me about this. As I mentioned, I had a friend last night, um, and she was like, she was just getting into it. Like, she likes sports. She is a very, very casual sports fan, but she was like, I want to give this thing a try. And uh, she dove in head first, man, just like, just like Jed Fish says, right? Don't test the waters. Just jump right in. And she did with a parlay. She tried a same-game parlay because I was talking to her about it. I'm like, yeah, they have these SGPs. They're kind of fun to look at as different players score, you know, yardage and stuff like that. She dove right in. I was like, I didn't tell you to, like, go and just do that. But, like, you know, so she had a pretty, you know, pretty sizable winning bet uh, last night. It didn't come to fruition. She needed the Seahawks to win by 14 or more points. And she needed Matthew Stafford to score a touchdown. She got the other part of her of her same game parlay. I can't remember which one it was, uh, but she she needed Matthew Stafford to score a touchdown. She she thought that if he threw a touchdown, that was scoring a touchdown. I'm like, no, no, that's he has to actually like go into the end zone himself with the football. So quarterback sneak or something like that, which Matthew Stafford does not do very often. So that's why there was such huge odds, uh, long odds on uh, that particular prop. And then the Seahawks winning by 14. It was looking pretty good early, and then. The Rams kind of caught fire and sunk her ship. But, again, because it was only a $10 bet and she because, because she used my promo code, she was able to get the $10 back. It was risk-free, and she's very happy today. So some NFL talk. Look, there's there, there are some big games in the NFL this Sunday. Um, I'm not going to sit here and talk about every single game because you guys are educated fans. You guys know what to look for. There are some interesting games, though, in, in and around the NFL. Like, I, I almost, I almost wanted to pick the Lions to cover against the Vikings, and I remember they lost by ten to the Bears. And I'm like, "There's no way, there's no, there's no way." The team is just so bad. I just, I don't understand. And the Vikings are ridiculously unpredictable. So I'm going to stay away from that game. Um, another game that intrigues me is the Broncos and Steelers. 
Broncos going to be without Teddy Bridgewater, who I love as far as like betting goes, as far as you know playing the playing the odds and stuff, because he's so good against the spread in starts, whether it's as a, as an underdog or a favorite. Um, Teddy Bridgewater's great. Uh, he's great for betters, but he's hurt, and Drew Locke's going to play, and Drew Locke is a little more cavalier than Teddy Bridgewater is, and going against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and I know how bad the offense is. Look, we all know how bad the Steelers' offense is. Ben Roethlisberger is – they made a mistake by not getting some insurance for him in the offseason, and by that I mean getting a quarterback they can actually believe in and play uh, because Mason Rudolph is not it. Ben Roethlisberger is hurting that team. But the defense is good enough. And I kind of like the Steelers in that game. It's a really narrow. It's a really narrow uh, spread. I think it's one and a half in that game. But I like the Steelers in that game. The the uh, the Browns and the Chargers. That's an interesting one. Could be some big fireworks in that game. I'm looking forward to that. Baker Mayfield nursing that left shoulder injury. Mm, I don't know. We'll see how his mechanics look. Uh, and uh, you know, I like. I like I like the Chargers in this game. They're playing at home. Cleveland has not proven to me that they can put it all together. And ever since Odell Beckham Jr. got back into the starting lineup as wide receiver, Baker Mayfield has just been basically staring him down uh, on route runs. So it's causing some problems with the offensive rhythm and allowing teams to tee off a little bit as well. So until that changes, uh, I'm going to continue to ride the teams against the Browns, even though I think the Browns are still one of the most talented teams in the NFL. There's just still some problems there. This is a game that I, I as reading and listening to some of the you know, so, you know, so-called experts out there talking about this particular game and where people are going, and I'm looking at a, a site right now that is also following along with this, the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. I don't – I'm not – there's, there's – sometimes we look at betting lines, right? Those of you who, are, who who follow the betting lines, and you're, like, looking at a line, you're, like, you're really confused about it. You're, like, does Vegas know something that we don't? Because that doesn't make any sense to me. Vegas must know something. And oftentimes they do. The, the so-called, you know, experts, the media and things like that, they're all picking the Giants to win this game. I don't understand how. Like, oh – well, Daniel Jones is having a resurgence this year. They haven't played anybody. Saquon Barkley looks like an MVP candidate. What? I, yeah, he's healthy and he's playing good football, but good lord, you're picking the, the tons of people are picking the Giants to win this game. I mean, did you see Dallas play? Have you seen them play? Have you seen how talented they are and how effortlessly they move the ball up and down the field? What from the Giants' defense has told you? that Dallas is not going to be able to move the ball and probably hang a 30-burger on them. And they're playing at home. I don't get it. I don't see it. I, I'm, I'm riding Dallas all the way. Dallas is favored by seven. I take Dallas by ten in that game. I think Dallas is going to kill them. I, just, I, don't, I don't see the Giants putting up that big of a fight in this game. I think they're a, they're a, uh, a, a paper product right now. I, just, I, don't, I don't like the teams that they've played have sucked. And the Giants, look, they're, they're still beginning. They're, they're trying to figure out, like, what their rhythm is on offense. And defensively, they've been underwhelming. And they've got injuries on the defensive side of the ball. I just don't I, – I don't get it. Everybody's picking the Giants to win this game. Like, good, have, good luck with that. Have fun. The big game of the, of the week, well, as far as we're concerned here uh, in, this, in the state of Arizona, the NFC West, the other NFC West game, 
Niners and the Cardinals. That game going to be played at Glendale, uh, of course, on Sunday afternoon. The 49ers come in as a five-and-a-half-point underdog. They're still not sure who's going to start the game at quarterback for the Niners. We don't know if it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, who got hurt in their last outing, or if it's going to be Trey Lance, who came in to spell him in the game against the Seahawks. Now, Trey Lance, look, as as spectacular and as heralded as he was coming out of college, just has not played all that well here in the NFL yet. He hasn't had a whole lot of time either. This is a this is a situation, look, I, I said it early on, and I've said it all along, and I've been telling other 49er fans this all season long, just wait. We don't need to rush him out there. He's not ready. He played 17 games in college, and yes, he was being groomed to be an NFL quarterback at North Dakota State because of the way that they, you know, the way they play football there. They are, you know, it's they're very much an NFL-friendly quarterback type situation. Obviously, we know because of other products that they've sent to the NFL. But let's not, you know, let's not just start. Oh, we've got to throw him out there instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. Now he's hurt, and we can throw Trey Lance in there. I'm like, I'm, I watched Trey Lance last week. Seattle went completely vanilla for about half of that game that Trey Lance was out there, and then they decided to dial it up a little bit, and he was lost. Like, he was he was not ready. Uh, so, Cardinals, you know, obviously feature a very good defense. Vance Joseph likes to dial things up. He does some things that are very tricky, and he's able to do that because of his Swiss Army knives that he has at his disposable, Isaiah Simmons and uh, Buda Baker. Both of those guys can play multiple positions. They can play linebacker positions. They can play secondary, nickel. They can play on the line of scrimmage. They can play in the box. They can play deep. They can play sideline to sideline. You can put them on tight ends. You can put them on receivers. I mean, they they, they can do it all. And, and Vance Joseph is just having a heyday right now with those two dudes. And they are wreaking havoc. I mean, we've seen it, right? I mean, you, you, uh, you may have not have watched the game, but if, if you did, you saw what they did to the Rams last weekend. Rams had no answer. They couldn't. They couldn't move. The, I mean, they could move the ball, but they couldn't score. They couldn't continue to push drives past the twenty-yard line and get them into scoring position. So, look, the Cardinals continue. And I mean, until they get knocked off, I'm going to continue to pick them to win because I just they're just the better team right now. And I know that I picked them to finish last in the NFC West. That's not a slight on the Cardinals. I, th- I still think they were going to have a winning record, or maybe you know nine and eight or eight and nine this year. But based on what I've seen so far in their in their games that they've had, look, I, I mean, what's what's not to like? Kyler Murray is playing at an extremely high level. They've got four wide receivers that can all make plays. Now they're getting the tight end Max Williams involved. He's got two touchdowns over the last couple of weeks. He's catching balls. The offensive line has gained has gained some some confidence, and the defense is playing lights out right now. Vance Joseph has them dialed up. And, look, I, I like the Cardinals in this game. I really do. I think the Cardinals win, and I think they win decisively. And then the big game, of course, Sunday night, the Bills and the Chiefs, and that's where we come to my lock of the week. Folks, lock of the week so far in the NFL, for me, I'm 5-0. and I picked the Browns last week in a pick I was like, really? We're going to just gift me the pick in Minnesota against the completely unpredictable Minnesota Vikings. Now, that game was a little bit dicey at, at, for a while. They're like, okay, really, 11-7? to We're just going to hang on to this score forever? Uh, where just you know a, a weird play could change the outcome of this game? Browns end up kicking a field goal, tacking it on 14-7, win that football game. 
So on the season, my locks of the week are 5-0, and which means, folks, you can just take this to the bank. I even threw in a parlay two weeks ago, hit on both of those. That's why I'm 5-0. and This week, we're focusing on the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, losing in week one to the Pittsburgh Steelers was the best thing that ever happened to the Buffalo Bills because since then, they've won their next three games by a combined score of 118-21. to Yes, that is nearly a 100-point point spread. <laughs> what? I know 40 to nothing last week against the Houston Texans. And again, the Bills, I talked about the Giants and their strength of schedule. The Bills have not played very good teams either. But the difference here is the Bills have absolutely destroyed the teams that they have played. When they played a bad team, they put them away early and they left no doubt. And they continued to score. And the defense is continuing to gather momentum and confidence. We all know the Chiefs don't even start considering to play defense until late, late November, early December anyway. And I don't think they're going to get much defense out of their team in this particular game. The Chiefs are favored at home right now by two and a half points. Folks, you can't ask for a better line than that. The Buffalo Bills are the better team. They've got the hotter hand. They've got the, they got the better defense. And right now, I'll be honest with you, the way that those two players are playing, the way the two quarterbacks are playing between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, I do not like what I've seen out of Patrick Mahomes this year. He has been making bad decisions. He has been uh, a little bit full of himself at times, throwing no-look passes when it's not necessary, throwing interceptions, uh, and really just been genuinely off-target in several, several big play situations. Josh Allen, on the other hand, outside of his offense being completely swallowed up by the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense in week one, has been nearly perfect in the final in the, in the, in the remaining three weeks since then, as indicated by their scoring explosion, 118 points in those three games. I don't like the Bills. I love the Bills. Plus two and a half straight up in Kansas City. Give me Buffalo 30, Kansas City 24. That, that, to me, was the easiest, like, the biggest game of the week for many people is the easiest pick of the week, in my opinion. That was the easiest one. Like, uh, other games, I'm like, I don't know, could we go back and forth? Maybe, maybe the 49ers cover, they get lucky and cover the five and a half. Maybe the Bears, you know, are, you know, finding some confidence now, and they cover in Las Vegas. You know, the, the Patriots and the Texans, the Patriots are favored by nine in that game. I don't know if those two teams are going to score enough points to, to, to garner a nine-point victory. So I'm staying away from that one. I'm like, nah, I don't know, man. And I'm like, okay, well, the easy one here is the Bills at the Chiefs. Chiefs are giving up three points or two and a half points. I'll gladly take that and take the Bills straight up because I think the Bills are a better football team. They're going to win that football game on the road. So there you go. That's your lock of the week. I'm 5-0 and so far this year. I'm not going to do a parlay this week because – some of the other games are just completely unpredictable. But Buffalo 30, Kansas City 24, that's your lock of the week. Take it to your FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. Book it and uh, cash in that check on uh, on cash in that ticket on Sunday night. You're going to thank me for it later, I promise. <laughs> of course, this is the week I probably break my streak and Kansas City wins the game 41-14. The Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk is going to be looking different this year. Instead of a walk... We're going to go for a cruise in our vehicles. It's the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Caravan, and it's going to be taking place Sunday morning, October 24th at 8 a.m. The event is to raise awareness and funds to save lives 
from breast cancer. For more information on how to be a part of this or to make a donation, go to ESPNTucson.com. When I return, we begin our breakdown of college football, the biggest games on Saturday and my Friday Five. Coming up next, it's the Jeff Dean Show. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back on this football Friday. Breaking down all the weekend's biggest football games. We've already talked about Arizona-UCLA. We did some uh, discussion on NFL, which we'll revisit a little bit before we get out of here. But right now, it's time for the Friday Five. My five picks in the biggest games of college football, or the games that I think are the biggest games in college football. And uh, I'll pick them against the spread, or I'll pick some other kind of a line in that game, which uh, may give you a little insight into, uh, into what, uh, what you may want to do if you want to get some action in on that uh, on Saturday. Now, over the season, on the season right now, in the 28 games that I've picked, I'm 17-11 in my picks, whether it be against the spread or picking overs and unders, 17-11. Um, and 11. Last week I went 3-2. and two. My winners were Michigan over Wisconsin. Wisconsin was favored by a point and a half in that game. Is one of those like, what does Vegas know that we don't? Uh, what I knew is that Michigan was a much far superior team than Wisconsin was, regardless of which quarterback they have. Uh, Michigan smash-caked the, uh, the Badgers at Camp Randall. I also picked Cincy over Notre Dame straight up to win that game, which they won by 10 or 9 or 10 points, I think. And then I took Oklahoma State at home as they're quietly uh, leading the Big 12 right now, right right there, you know, neck and neck with Oklahoma atop the Big 12 as Oklahoma State continues to win. And uh, they beat Baylor 24-14. It's Oklahoma State's defense. I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine um, last week. We were talking about the Big 12. And if you remember, you know, like six, seven years ago, it was the, the the defense is optional Big 12, right? It was everybody was scoring 50 points a game. There were offenses running all over the place. And then when they got into bowl games against other conferences, they'd get squashed. And they didn't have the defense to stop a team who was only averaging 22 points a game and would hang 40 on a Big 12 team. Now, Gary Patterson at TCU, the long-tenured head coach at TCU, decided that he was going to go opposite. His team had already been playing defense. They were you know, winning a bunch of games. They decided to go offense. That's like the only team that's playing a ton of offense right now outside of Oklahoma. Everybody else started to focus on defense. They're like, we've we got the offense figured out. We need to hire coaches that are going to focus on defense. And since then, the Big 12 has got some of the best defenses in the country. Iowa State, I think, is the best defense in the country. Iowa State defense is really good. Oklahoma defense is really good. Both Baylor and Oklahoma State defenses are fantastic. Kansas State defense is really good. Um, Texas's defense is a work in progress. TCU's defense is not as good as it used to be. But like I said, Gary Patterson used to be a defensive guy focused on offense. I always think that's funny. It's, we- it's weird to see the trends happen this way. Now the Big 12, uh, you get scores like 24-14. At Oklahoma State Baylor seven years ago would have been 58-52. <laughs> All right, so the Friday Five, aside from that, oh, my losers last week were I had the Alabama Ole Miss over. It was a stretch. I really thought that those teams were going to air it out. Ole Miss was getting a big zero. I had a goose egg at halftime. I knew that bet was over. Um, so that was a loser. And then <sighs> Oregon. I had Oregon minus eight and a half. I thought they would take care of business against Stanford. Uh, we all know what happened there. 
but three and two last week, seventeen and eleven on the season. That's still six games above five hundred. I'll take it. Let's begin with the biggest rivalry of the weekend, the biggest rivalry game of the weekend, the Red River Shootout. Number six, Oklahoma taking on Texas. Number twenty-one, Texas at the Cotton Bowl in Texas. The Sooners three and a half point favorite in this game. Now Oklahoma's defense ranks 13th in the country against the run. They're only giving up 2.7 yards per carry, and that's important because maybe the best player on the field on Saturday is going to be Texas tailback Bijan Robinson, who we're all very familiar with here in Tucson, right? Now, they likely won't be able to stop Bijan Robinson. You can only hope to contain him, and their hopes will be just to slow him down and put pressure on quarterback Casey Thompson. Now, Casey Thompson, the the, uh, the Texas quarterback, uh, a vet, he decided to go with a veteran. Steve Sarkeesian finally went with a veteran there. Things have been a lot better for Texas's offense since he's taken over. They've scored a, a ton more points since he's taken over, and the running game has started to get a little bit better as well because of the threat of actually throwing the football in this game. So they're going to try to put pressure on Casey Thompson, and I think they will. But look for Texas to push the envelope on fourth downs. The OU defense has had trouble getting teams off the field uh, in the last couple of weeks. I think I, – I, I don't remember the exact numbers last week against Kansas State, but Oklahoma's defense against Kansas State, getting them off the field, were terrible. Like, I think Kansas State converted 18 of 23 third and fourth downs against Oklahoma in that game, which is – it's terrible considering, you know, I mean, if you're like, well, okay, it's, uh, you know, it's Kansas State versus Oklahoma. It should be getting squashed here. But Kansas State, I think Kansas State was 4-5 or five on fourth down. I think they were 9-13 of 13 on third down, which is, again, that's remarkable when you're talking about that. So they've had trouble getting teams off the field. And I think you might expect Steve Sarkeesian in Texas to maybe push the envelope a little bit, maybe go for some fourth downs, and that will extend some drives and allow B. John Robinson to carry the ball more. I also think it will lower the score a little bit. I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. Obviously, we see several times over throughout this rivalry that the game has been lower-scoring, but then at the end, kind of things pick up as the urgency to win the game tends to tends to take over. But I haven't seen either of these teams be explosive at any point in games outside of uh, Texas's one you know one kind of big offensive explosion. Now. Oklahoma is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I like the hook. you you, got to respect the hook in this, and I'll take it because I think Oklahoma will win the game, but I like Texas to cover. It's a close one. Oklahoma 27, Texas 24. Give me Texas plus three-and-a-half, Oklahoma to win the game outright. Our second game is going to the SEC where the Georgia Bulldogs are taking on the Auburn Tigers, both teams coming off a win. Auburn going into Death Valley at night, having to have a comeback victory as Bo Nix creates one of the most incredible plays from a quarterback you'll ever see. Goes into LSU and beats the Bayou Bengals. Big win for Auburn. Big win for Brian Harson, who was getting some uh, getting some heat for firing an offensive coordinator uh, early in the season. And look, none of that is going to matter, unfortunately. Because here is the statistic of the week. This is, this is the entire statistic of the weekend. The Georgia Bulldogs defense has surrendered one touchdown in 20 quarters of play. One. I like Georgia big in this game. It doesn't matter, uh, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for them, whether it's Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels, uh, Matthew Stafford. They could, they could play 
wildcat offense for the entire game, it would not matter. Georgia is going to smash Auburn on the Plains. Give me Georgia 31, Auburn 10. I think Auburn will find a way to score a touchdown and, uh, you know, kind of ruin Georgia's little uh, streak that they got going here as far as uh, only giving up one touchdown in 20 quarters of play. But uh, I think uh, it's going to get ugly. This Georgia defense may be the best defense we've seen, uh, I I don't know, maybe since since the, the, the Nebraska days. Uh, back in the 70s, it, it, I mean, it could be that just that good. Uh, they are ridiculously talented, and they are uh, they're very confident. So they've got that going for them as well. All right, so there's your first two picks right there. The Friday Five, of course, being five picks. I'm going to make sure that I get all five of them in. We're going to take a timeout, but when we return, we'll continue the Friday Five. Speaking of Friday, it's Bear Down Friday. Join Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6 at Main Gate Square. Join the community as we cheer on our U of A football team. The, uh, the festivities will take place from 3 to 6, and then the, the, uh, the pep rally begins at 6 o'clock. You'll have the Pride of Arizona marching band marching straight down, uh, straight down the, uh, the, the pike there. Of course, right down, uh, right down University. Wilbur and Wilma are going to be there. The cheerleaders, the Palm Squad, the twirlers, and, of course, Coach Jed Fish and guest host Adia Barnes will be there as well. And chances to win game tickets from ESPN Tucson and our sister stations as we're going to be set up throughout there as well. Bring the kids. The Junior Cats Activity Zone is going to be there. It's going to be beautiful weather. Come on down. Cheer on your cats. It's Bear Down Friday. Let's get them ramped up and ready for a big game tomorrow night against UCLA. A whiteout tomorrow at Arizona Stadium. That's Bear Down Friday today from 3 to 6 with Spears and Ali and ESPN Tucson. More after this, it's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here right in the middle of the Friday Five. Gave you my first two picks, Oklahoma-Texas game and the Red River Shootout, and, of course, the Georgia-Auburn game, the uh, oldest rivalry in the South as they continue their rivalry down there on the Plains as uh, Georgia. A lot of people think they're the best team in the country. It's, it's hard to argue that right now. Offensively, I think when they get up against a team like Alabama, they would they would struggle to score points, but Alabama would absolutely struggle to score points. That would be That's going to be a real slugfest with those two teams. I, I hope it works out that way. There's still a lot of football to be played. I hope it works out that way because I would love to see this Georgia team versus that Alabama team. I, I just, um, I think everybody would want to see that. Something we deserve, right? Let's stay in the SEC, shall we? The the SEC has been offering some good, of course, you know, some some good, you know, lines to, to, to bet with and some fun games to watch. And this Saturday, down in uh, down in old Oxford, Mississippi, the number thirteen Arkansas Razorbacks taking on the number seventeen Ole Miss, the Rebels. And uh, both these teams, look, coming off demoralizing reality, slap-in-the-face losses, right? The Razorbacks were absolutely decimated by the Georgia Bulldogs, 37 to nothing last Saturday. While Ole Miss, my team that I picked you know, before the season began to be the one team that was outside the top 25 to finish in the top 10, Matt Corral has been looking like a Heisman candidate all season long, and he still looked good against Alabama. However, Zero points in the first half, 
and 21 in the second half. Not enough to beat Alabama when you're Ole Miss's defense. They lost 42-21 to the number one team in the country last week. So both teams getting that slap of reality right in their face, right? And now these teams get to face one another. And these teams, look, it's, it's going to be a feature once again, really good defense against really good offense. Arkansas features the number 10 defense in the country. Ole Miss is, I think, the number three or number four offense in the country. Um, Arkansas needs to kind of figure out they they get they get some jitters and it, look it's understandable they were they were at uh, you know they they were at Georgia last week last week their first series okay this is how they started the game this is this was an indication of how things were going to go for Arkansas this was their opening series penalty false start penalty false start followed by a two yard run a six yard loss on a sack and an incomplete pass and a punt that's that was their first series against Georgia. It did not go well for them. Arkansas also needs to figure out that you cannot go backwards uh, in order to go forwards because they are currently 124th in the country in penalties. They average 10 flags a game. That's horrendous, folks. That is beyond awful. Now, Ole Miss, obviously we know how Strong they are offensively. Matt Corral did get things together and scored three touchdowns in the second half against Alabama. Things looked a lot better for them. But I think what's really going to be the the you know the, the stickler in this game is just individual matchups. When you watch Ole Miss, when you watch their offense on the field, individually they have like seven or eight guys who are just legitimate weapons that can they can shuffle in and out of there that can take it to the house at any point in time, whether they line up in the backfield, outside the numbers, in the slot, they can use the tight end. They are really multiple in Lane Kiffin's offense. He has really learned a lot uh, in his time in coaching. He's, you know, like his father, becoming a real guru on one particular side of the ball, and we're seeing that in Ole Miss this, se- this season so far. One of the best offenses in the country, going up against one of the best defenses in the country. I'll take the home team with the better quarterback. Ole Miss is favored by five and a half in this game. I'll go ahead and extend that. I like Ole Miss to win this game 41-33 over Arkansas. So give me the Rebs minus five and a half in this game. And, I, I, and I'll, look, I'll take that one to the bank. I really I think that one's going to click. Um, this game here, now my number four game in the Friday Five may not hit a lot of people's radars. But I think, honestly, folks, I think this might be easy money for you. And that's why I'm going to put it in my my Friday Five. You've got the Broncos of Boise State traveling to Provo to take on the Pac-12 South division leaders, BYU Cougars. I say that in jest, obviously. The number 10 ranked Cougars of BYU going to be hosting them. BYU is a a five-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Now, you look at last week's score. Okay, and people are like, oh, BYU's not putting teams away. They only beat Utah State by two touchdowns. First of all, that game was 28-7 at halftime. They moved the ball effortlessly on Utah State. Utah State's not – they're decent. They're not bad, okay? They averaged over seven yards per play. They didn't kick their first punt until the end of the third quarter. They had 466 yards of offense before Utah State could even figure out what they were going to be trying to do on defense. This BYU offense is really, really clicking right now. Um, and, it, again, it doesn't matter who their quarterback is. They have got playmakers. Kalani Sataki has got them moving in the right direction, and they are legit. They are every bit as good as what we saw in week one and every bit as good as the team that we saw last season. 
Now, Boise State leads the all-time series in this seven games to four, but BYU has won two straight. They beat the uh, they beat the Broncos last year, fifty one seventeen. Zach Wilson had a big game. He was uh, nearly effortless. I don't think the ball ever hit the ground. Um, it was it was a really impressive performance uh, by Zach Wilson last season in that game against BYU. And Boise State is a really good team. At home, away from home, they are abysmal. They have given up way too many points and way too many yards away from the blue turf to be competitive in this game. BYU is the favorite. They're a minus five and a half. I'll take it. I like the Cougars big over the Broncos. Give me BYU 31, Boise State 20. I like I like the Cougars big. They are legit, folks. That is a really good football team. I got to see them play not only in the first week, but I've seen them, um, obviously, watching them uh, throughout the weeks as they've played the Pac-12 South, and they still have more games against the Pac-12 coming up. It'll be interesting to see how BYU finishes this season. And, look, this is one of those teams where you're like, are they – are they one of those teams like because they're going to get into the Big Twelve Conference and they may they may enter the conference in two years they may enter early uh, into the Big Twelve Conference because they're independent they don't have a contract to get out of they could enter early if they wanted to is this a team that could compete right away in the Big Twelve I think they could now the other thing you have to think about is who's going to come looking for Kalani Sataki because he is rapidly moving up the charts as highly sought after high, uh, head coaches in college football and I know. And I, um, uh, this is not uh, not information that I'm just privy to. This is stuff that I've heard and talking to people uh, in the know that people that I trust. That at the end of this season, depending on what happens after the dust settles at Arizona State in Tempe, whether Herm Edwards still has his job or Ray Anderson, the, the athletic director, still has his job, whatever happens after the NCAA investigation, if Herm Edwards is not retained as the head coach. They would not be looking to ascend Antonio Antonio Pierce to that level. They would go outside, and the name that I'm hearing is Kalani Sataki. Just saying. So something to chew on there, a little uh, beef jerky for the uh, for the cheek. Something to think about for the uh, for the next eight or nine weeks as we finish up our college season. And finally, in my opinion, what is the biggest game of the weekend? And it's not a rivalry game, although these two teams have had some real knockdown dragouts in their history. But this is a huge game for both teams. Number four, Penn State, the Nittany Lions, heading into Iowa City, into Kinnick Stadium, to take on the number three Hawkeyes of Iowa. This is the first time these two teams have met where they've both been ranked in the top four. Now, there have been plenty of times where they have played in the past where one team was ranked in the top five and the other wasn't. This is the first time they're both ranked in the top five, top four, and they are both very, very impressive on the defensive side of the ball. Iowa leads the nation with 12 interceptions. Now, they had six last week against Maryland. That certainly helps. Tailua Tangavailoa uh, having a, a night to forget, uh, of course, against Iowa. But uh, six interceptions last week brings their season total to 12. Even if they only had one interception that game, seven interceptions would still put them 10th in the country. So, we, we tend to see this from time and time again, right? Iowa continues to turn people over in the passing game. Tons of interceptions. Lots of them lead to pick sixes, and that's how Iowa is able to score because their offense isn't very good. They're, it's the least productive offense in the Big Ten, just 320 yards per game. However, I believe, and from watching the games, I believe that's a product of them having great field position. And look, 
if you were to ask me what the most important aspect of college football is, or just football in general, okay, the most important aspect of football, the, the unsung hero of football is starting field position. The fewer yards you have to go to score, the more successful you will be. If you can play great defense and pin teams deep in their, in, their own, in their own zone and force them to punt and give you the ball at midfield, or if your defense can create turnovers and give the ball back to your offense on the opposing side of the 50, you are going to be extremely successful. It is the, the single most important thing, in my opinion, in all of football is starting field position, and nobody is better at it right now than Iowa. They have the best average starting field position in the entire country. It's largely because of how well they play defense and how efficiently they run their offense. They turn teams over. They're able to play a good, stout defense. And uh, the, way that they, you know, the way that their offense runs, they're able to kind of push enough to where they don't have to be explosive. They can just continue to flip the field if they don't score. Now, on the opposite side, Penn State, you know, we've, we've seen them kind of they, – they've been in some real kind of close battles – so far this year, Sean Clifford, of course, a far more confident and quarter, confident, competent and confident, easy for me to say, quarterback for the Nittany Lions this season. He's been picked off a few times, but you know, only one of those is really considered his fault. Um, the other two were on, uh, were on tip passes. Penn State continues to try to get its running game going, but it's been a problem for them. Now, Penn State does have some playmakers. They have some real athletes. Franklin has been able to to recruit some good athletes on the edges there, and they do have some guys that can score and take it to the house. And they'll need to do that against Iowa because, again, Iowa's defense is just so stout and so good. I would not expect a shootout in this game because uh, neither team neither team has a defense. It's just going it, to – they won't allow it, okay? So I'm going to have two plays here. This is my double play for the Friday Five. I'm going to take Iowa minus one and a half. I love that number in a game like this. One and a half points, I love it. So I'm going to take Iowa 19, Penn State 17, okay? But the real play here is the under. Now, it is a fragile number. The over-under right now is 41. So any kind of a defensive touchdown, which could happen for Iowa, which is about the only way they score sometimes, it could happen, which breaks that over-under but I'm going to push the under on this one. I, th- I just think that both of these teams are going to keep each other in check so well that they're going to keep the under. So the double play here, Iowa minus one and a half and the under 41. That's your Friday five, the biggest five games in college football. I've got Texas plus three and a half, Georgia minus 15 and a half after what I saw last week. I wouldn't touch last week's game, but I'm going to touch it this week. I've got Ole Miss minus five and a half. BYU minus five and a half, and Iowa minus five minus one and a half. Sorry, not minus five. And a half. I wouldn't take that. Iowa minus one and a half in their uh, in that matchup there against the Nittany Lions at home in Kinnick Stadium. There's your Friday five. Again, seventeen and eleven on the season. Not bad. I'll take it. We'll see if how many of these uh, we can cash in uh, over the weekend, and we'll come back and we'll have a big review of it, of course, on Monday as we have our Monday morning quarterback coming up. On, uh, on Monday at 7 o'clock. Oh, no, we don't have it here. I'm sorry. That's right. It's, it's Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday, right? It's a holiday, so I won't be here on Monday. I'll be back on Tuesday where we can break it all down on Tuesday. NFL Week 5 is here. We've had our Thursday night game. Now we got Sunday and Monday to look at and look forward to, and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play, and that's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. All you have to do, have some fun by betting a same-game parlay with three legs or more, And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back. 
Now, I've already mentioned my lock of the week in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Here's my SGP that I'm going to play this weekend in that particular game. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills money line okay, because I just I like to pay out a little bit better on the money line. Okay, I'm also, I'm also going to take the over away points. The over under away points is 27 and a half. I think Buffalo's offense is playing really, really well right now, obviously, by the, the points that they're scoring. And we all know that Kansas City's defense doesn't even show up until late November, early December anyway. So I like the over total points for Buffalo, the road team, at 27 and a half. And then I'm also going to put together some kind of an SGP with a Josh Allen kind of prop in there somewhere. Maybe it's over yardage passing, over yardage rushing, as he can get out and scramble a little bit as well. But we'll have some fun with that, and you can have some fun with it too. There are dozens of markets to play SGPs for every single game on Sunday and on Monday. And, look, this is just one of the many reasons why FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. It's safe and secure. It's easy to use. There's fast payouts, and there's nothing like feeling one of those SGPs. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. Get up to $10 back even if your bet doesn't win. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can also claim your 30-to-1 odds on either team to win Monday night's game, Indian Baltimore. Just sign up with the promo code DEAN. That's my last name. Use the promo code DEAN. And if your first bet loses, you still get up to $1,000 back in site credit, which is awesome and generous from our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. But use the promo code DEAN so that they know that I sent you. 21 and over in President Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. It expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay is available for multiple sports in all states on mobile web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. When I return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Next. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, final segment, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Ooh, what a football Friday it was. We got uh, There's so much stuff going on over the weekend, of course, with College football, NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs in full swing, of course, as the NLDS clicks off tonight, and uh, plenty of other things, uh, NBA, NHL ramping up. So we've got uh, we got a really busy fall and winter lining up for us. And then, of course, college basketball is right around the corner. I just looked at it yesterday. I'm like, i got to start putting my schedule together for when I'm going to be out of town and with the team and all that kind of stuff for my business up here. And I'm just like, man, is it already here? It seems like just yesterday we were, like, discussing the cancellation of the Pac-12 tournament and all that stuff, and my goodness. So, well, I mean, this is – look, this is a this is a, a monumental week uh, in many occasions, a uh, weekend as far as whether it uh, – you know, whether it pertains to, the, obviously, the playoffs in baseball. But, look, there's a lot of, lot of things at stake in pro football and in college. There's rivalry week is, is starting to uh, – you know, the rivalry games that are starting to go on um, in college football. These are, you know, really exciting. And there's, you know, some teams that are going to be separating themselves and other teams are going to be falling. There's been 34 upsets, 34 top 25 team loses, losses, essentially, uh, this season, which is an ongoing record in NCAA history. We're going to see more this week. I mean, obviously, we have some some ranked-on-ranked matchups. Then there's going to be a loser in those games. But there could be some situations where a ranked team, some team jumps up and bites them. 
takes him down. Probably going to happen in the Pac-12 somewhere because it always does. Maybe maybe it's going to happen tonight. Maybe some Friday night upset action in the Pac-12. We can hope, huh? All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for this week's edition. or Well, this week's edition and today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show, for that matter. Thanks to Mary back in studio for all her hard work and uh, pushing all the right buttons and stuff. Congratulations to Gabe Romero and Jake Tupolo for winning those text-to-win tickets to go to the, tomorrow night's game against UCLA. Again, 7.30 kickoff. Wear white. It's a whiteout. Cheer on your Wildcats. Head on down to Bear Down Friday tonight for the pep rally at 6 o'clock. Say hi to Justin and Ali as they're going to be set up live and having all kinds of fun for you guys there as well. You guys have a great weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show on ESPN Tucson.